It's a mailbag Monday. We're talking some deep Rockies prospects. We're talking two young pitchers who both lost time in college to Tommy John. And we are once again talking about Mark Vientos, but I'm eating crow this time. Stay tuned. You are locked on MLB prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, baseball writer for Sports Illustrated and lifelong minor league baseball fan and advocate. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. And as we do every other week, it's a mailbag Monday. A couple questions here. First one is from Aiden Sones on Twitter, and it's about two lower-level Rockies prospects, specifically Coco Montez and Casey Golden. So... Coco Montez, 2018, 15th round pick out of the University of South Florida. Uh, 6'1", 200 infielder. Uh, played kind of all over the diamond. Uh, last year, second base, third base, shortstop. Played 77 games at second. Played 19 games at third. Played 16 games at shortstop. So been everywhere. And Montez is not seen right now as like an impact big leaguer. I mean, in 116 AA games last year, about a 258. Uh 316, 448, was it 13? 13 home runs. So not nothing jumps out automatically as wow, that's amazing. Uh, you know, slight increase in strikeouts, slight increase in walks, like you know, when you look at rate, but did a good job at lowering his ground ball rate. And so I kind of think the question here is what to expect from him and, and going forward, where is he going to be? And I'll say that Zips doesn't necessarily like his offense. When you look at the projections. Uh, you you know you you kind of see them thinking he's going to regress to the mean a bit that this was this outlier season that he had isn't going to stick and I don't quite know if that's true or not I just can't find enough film on Coco Montes to know one way or the other I caught a couple uh, games when he was with the the Hartsford Yard Goats was able to pull that up on milb.tv and, and see some of those at bats and the thing that I that I will say is we need to see more power from him okay so. He's a guy, 13 home runs last year, and that was kind of like career high. And so need more pop. The power right now is more of gap power than it is home run power. And the issue, like that can be fine. You can play with that at the big league level. But the issue with that is if you don't have the power, you need to have the good hit tool and preferably the good defense uh, or the great defense to make it work. And I think he's a good defender. I don't think he's a great defender. I don't think it's plus defense. Um, Range is decent. Arm is kind of average. And then speed isn't phenomenal. I mean, you look at not a huge stolen base, but I think he went three of seven last year stealing. So it's something where if you're a second baseman, the expectation is you're going to give above average defense. You're going to hit pretty well. And you're going to be able to run. And so if you're a guy who doesn't have power, also doesn't run a lot, and middling contact, it's like, what? Well, where? where is the role for you at the MLB level? And I I think the projection here is going to be utility guy, uh, probably you know below average compared to the average major leaguer. 
but probably utility guy at the big league level because he can play second, he can play third, he can play short. Not outstanding at any of them. I want to say defensively, he was best at second as far as number like like errors per per total chances. But somebody where if he can if if he can get a little more consistent, the strikeout rate, like I said, went up a little bit. Don't let it go up anymore. And more power would be great. But at the very least, be more consistent, uh, be able to walk a little bit more, bring the strikeouts down a little bit. There's a path to playing time in Colorado as far as utility guide and injury replacement in the infield. Uh, don't, not expecting anything huge, but if you obviously look at a 2018 draft pick out of college, you're kind of getting to that point where you need to figure out what's going to happen. And that's a similar situation for the other guy, Casey Golden. So Casey Golden was a 20th round pick in 2017. Remember when we had a ton of rounds in the draft out of UNC Wilmington? Obviously, we still have 20 now, but I just remember we used to have like 25 and 30. It was great. So 6'2", 185, and it's played both corners, played right field, left field, has DH as well. And early in his career, just hit bombs. I had, I mean, I think, I think, I want to say one year earlier in his career, he was, if not tops in minor league baseball and home runs, he was close. And then we've seen, obviously the lost season in 2020, but we've seen injuries and things like that kind of shorten some of his seasons. Double A Hartford last year, he got hurt in May, went down to the to the Arizona Complex League for a rehab assignment down in July, back in July. Uh, tore it up down there, was feeling fine. But in Triple A, over 39 games, six home runs, batted 236, 310, 450. And so that's a situation where plus power, obviously, plus power, but he's 26. And the questions now are the consistency, the questions are the health, and then the questions are when like, when do you get to the point where you can contribute at the big league level? I think guys you see who are 26 who are looking at repeating double A, that's a situation either he's going to break out this year, he's going to be back to the healthy power hitting outfielder that we knew him as, or this is probably getting towards the end of the line for him. Um, and I think... Having seen a little, a little bit of him, couldn't watch a ton. wasn't as many at-bats available, and then obviously he missed time with injury. I do think if he can stay healthy, put some more pop-up, get a, you know, you get a full season in with 30 home runs, I think they're going to feel a little bit better about your ability to contribute. But you are kind of getting a little bit later as far as when's it going to happen? Is it going to happen now? Is it not going to happen? He's going to be one of the older players in AA, uh, especially there in Hartford. So... Question is, what happens? Either way, I'm curious to see what he does. I will be definitely watching the Hartford Yard Goats this year, partially because my wife just likes the name Yard Goats. She had she had me make her a list of of uh, some of the funnier MLB t- uh, minor league baseball team names. If that's something you want to hear about for a show, uh, by all means, tweet me. I'm at, I'm at Twitter on Crosby Baseball. You can tweet the show uh, at Locked On Farm. Or the email us locked on MLB prospects at gmail.com. If you want to hear some info about funniest, like funniest and most interesting team names in minor league baseball, let me know. But in the meantime, I do want to, you know, and 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 we're going to talk about some some young pitchers that lost some time in college and fell in the draft because of Tommy John. But first, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. You know, this is the time of year, and I've I've, I've said this before. This is the time of year where my resolutions are pretty much complete. They they haven't worked out. I kind of fell off the wagon in January and I tried to get back on in February and it just wouldn't necessarily work. But 
this year is different because I get help on on eating right because of Built Bar. Built Bar helps me out because whether it's the standard Built Bars or the Puffs, the protein-infused marshmallows, they're fantastic. They're all Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most of, most of the bars have 130 calories and 17 grams of protein. So they are better than, than a typical candy bar. They give you the protein you need to feel full while still tasting good like a candy bar would. Uh, I took my daughter to a college baseball scrimmage on Saturday. We were watching the, the Auburn Tigers, orange versus blue. And she was hungry and I gave her a built bar. And she, well, I think it was the cherry Barcia. Absolutely loved it. She thought it was fantastic. So go online. Built.com, check out all of the flavors, you know, mint brownie, coconut almond, white chocolate cookies and cream. That's new for uh, for February of the, the bars. And then the puffs, churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, tons of flavors. They have limited time ones that cycle in as well. While you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 for 50% off at Built.com. That's promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. And this episode is also brought to you by Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a website by do-it-yourselfers for do-it-yourselfers. If you need parts for your car, you don't have to go to a to a to a chain store and them ask you all the questions about okay, is this is it an LX or an EX? Is it a sport? Is it not a sport? Do you have this configuration, that configuration? Just for them to not have the parts in the back room and have to order them. Just go to rockauto.com. You can spend 30, 50, even 100 percent less than you would spend at a traditional a chain store or a car dealership on the park because you're buying from a family business with over 20 years of helping out DIYers. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck, right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you an amazing selection, reliable low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Okay, so looking at... Some more questions here. This is about some 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 pitchers that fell in college. First one is from AJ on Discord, and he said, "Spencer Strider, can we see him in Atlanta in 2022? What do the Braves do with him?" So, thank you for the question. And Spencer Strider is a really interesting guy. He had a great 2018, like led Clemson in strikeouts as a freshman. Was one of those rare prep pitchers that comes into college and is ready to just dominate guys. Uh, he ended up being a fourth round pick in 2020 because he got hurt. Uh, you know, so he lost 2019 to Tommy John, came back for 2020, and threw just a few games before the 2020 season got called off as well. So, not a lot of film on him. You're doing a lot of uh, his, his high school tape. You're doing a lot of of his freshman year of high school. I'm sorry, of, of college, and then you're kind of projecting out. And when you see what he throws. He throws a fastball. Uh, he, he's gotten it up into the upper 90s. So you love that. And then he's paired it with a with a, like a vertical kind of breaking slider. And he throws the fastball up in the zone, throws the slider down in the zone. It's a good one-two combo. Uh, he has a he has a curveball. Atlanta's advised him to kind of scrap the curveball. It's not really that great. Uh, it's not a plus pitch. And he's prone to hang it. And when he hangs it, obviously, a hung pitch is a crush pitch. And so they've encouraged him to kind of get away from that curveball. And then he's working on the changeup. And the goal of the changeup is he wants to make it useful. And so we've talked about it on the show before. When you're looking at a changeup, you need to make sure that the arm speed of the changeup matches the arm speed of the fastball with the same release point. So you get the deception on it. And then you need to make sure that the difference in speed between the fastball and the changeup 
is enough where you're just not throwing a slow fastball. You need this to actually have a pronounced difference, you know, 10 mile an hour, 8 mile an hour, 12 mile an hour, something like that. And then ideally, you want it to have some late movement to it. You want it to do something where it's, you know, he's a righty. So you you want it to come in where it's going to, you know, it's going to, break into a left, you know, break into a righty, break away from a lefty, that kind of stuff. So, so I think he's probably going to end up as a reliever. Uh, Atlanta is giving him a chance to try to continue starting. And when you watch him pitch, and this is a very small sample size at the big league level, because he got called up last year, but uh, he threw like 78% fastballs, 22% sliders. He's comfortable challenging guys with the fastball. He's comfortable trying to put that past him, and then the slider is something to throw him off. The two-pitch combo, the two-pitch mix, is not going to work as a starter. So it's all going to hinge on that changeup. Can he figure out the grip? Can he figure out throwing the changeup and build the confidence in it that he needs to make him a viable starter. And like I said, they're going to give him the opportunity. He climbed quite a bit last year. I mean, he came in, they started them off in A, and he climbed all the way up to making an MLB appearance or two um, before, you know, before the season ended. So he's got, obviously, loads of potential. Uh, it is a good fastball. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. It is still upper 90s. It's got good break to it. It is a good fastball. The question is, can he figure out a third pitch? Can he figure out the change? Does the change work out? I think it could be an average change if he can figure it out. Does he does he figure out what to do with the curveball? Uh, you know, you've got Charlie Morton on the roster in Atlanta, and this is where the lockout hurts because he doesn't have a chance to sit in a big league clubhouse in spring training with a guy like Charlie Morton and learn about you know obviously handedness, but learning about throwing a curveball and you know and and, and doing like Charlie Morton likes to do and nutmegging a guy where it starts over the plate and it ends up bouncing between their between their feet and out the back of the box. So question's going to be that for him. If he can figure out a third pitch, I don't think you'll see him in Atlanta this year because they're going to let him continue starting in the minors, probably at AAA, so that he can learn to use that pitch and trust that pitch. If he can't find a third pitch that's reliable – that is a that is actually additive to the mix instead of just being a get me over or a you know a a, a steal a steal strike pitch. Then I think you probably have a chance to see him this year as a reliever. Again, Atlanta is going to give him every opportunity to start. Question is just going to be that development, and that's again a place where a minor leaguer loses something by this lockout from not having those big league guys in camp with them to kind of discuss and work on these things and give them advice. Another guy, uh, and this question comes from uh, from Twitter from Tiger Hilstalmos, but another guy is who lost time in in um, college is Davis Daniel, so 2019 seventh round pick out of Auburn, six one one ninety, and he's a guy that was the opening day starter for Auburn in 2019. Through two innings, left with an injury, ended up being a Tommy John, so he was out. Um, you know, he ended up he ended up missing the entire rest of the season fell to the seventh round. If it wasn't for that, he was projected to finish, you know, to, to be maybe top three rounds or something. And another guy advanced three levels in 2021 because he had time to recover of the pandemic. He did do some stuff at the alternate site, but still um, 
advanced three levels, finished with a 392 ERA, 154 strikeouts, 34 walks, and 114 innings. And he's a guy where when he got to AAA, he looked a bit overmatched. And you'll see with these pitchers who are injured and come back from injury, you'll kind of you'll move them to the system quickly because you want to figure out their true level. Is their true level uh, single A, double A, triple A? Where should they be ideally? And Spencer Strider is a guy that ended up in, in like triple A is probably his ideal level. Davis Daniel is definitely a guy who double A is his ideal level. Um, I imagine he'll start 22 with the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Um, another one of those like teams with a great name. They had a, I think they had a contest to pick this name a few years ago, but the Trash Pandas are raccoon. If you're not familiar with the South, they're in a, they're in like Huntsville, Alabama. If you're not familiar with the South, the Trash, a Trash Pandas are raccoon. But Davis Daniel, Fastball averages 92. It can touch 95. He's got good cut to it, good ride to it. He likes to throw it the top of the zone, and he gets a lot of swings and misses off of it, despite it only being 92 to 95. His curveball is 12 to 6 curveball, so you get good movement, good shape on it. And then the changeup has good disguise and good deception. So you like that. Um, again, he does like to attack, though, with the fastball. And the good thing is he has the command to do that. So... It's not, it's not, it's not unforeseen that that he throws a fastball on a pitch where maybe you'd want to go off speed because he controls it so well. He's got good command of it. I think his he's gonna ultimately end up as a number four or number five. And the question is just can he develop those secondaries a little bit more? The the curveball, uh, it's it's good. I'd call it average. I think it has potential to be average plus, maybe even, you know, maybe even good. He just has to get it there. And then the change, he needs confidence in it. If he, whenever he needs to, he he is counting on a pitch to work out, he throws, uh, he throws the fastball. And he just needs confidence in the change. The change can do what he needs it to do. And if that happens, I definitely think he's a, you know, he's a four or five. And we obviously know that that starting rotation needs pitchers. You've got, um, there's just not a lot of depth there. So when he, you know, so the MLB level could use him. I think if he he starts off in double A, he looks good. He'll get moved up, I think, pretty quickly to triple A. Again, looked overmatched in triple A last year, so he needs to have a good showing. But if he does that, you could see him 23, maybe a midseason 23 guy showing up in the show and and giving it a shot and seeing how he does. And in just a second, I want to talk about Mark Vientos again because I have I have uh been challenged and called out on this a bit, but first I want to talk talk about our friends at Bet Online. Super Bowl was last night. I hope you, I, you know I, I hope you. Oh, sorry, the big game was last night. I hope you enjoyed it. But Bet Online obviously has had us covered with props and odds and lines all season. A lot of pro, uh, prop lines up for the anthem. A lot of prop lines up for like the first the first uh, score, all that kind of stuff. Who's going to get MVP? That's always fun. But even though football is now over, BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores and news this season. Because it's not just football, uh, up-to-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time updates of current games. So don't wait to take advantage of all the new amazing offers for the 2022 season, because Bet Online is where the game starts. And we are once again talking about Mark Vientos. Uh, so, as you know, I've had a listener, Jeremy from Columbus, Georgia, has uh, written in before, but he's a, he's a Mets fan about Mark Vientos. And I told him I thought I was I saw Vientos staying in the minors all year and and um and Brady in front of him being the guy that got caught up Brett Beatty. And 
I got a little bit of pushback from that, and I think rightfully so. And then Jeff Carr in last last Thursday, last Thursday's Rookie of the Year draft took Mark Vientos as one of his spots, thinking he's not going to win Rookie of the Year. I think I think that was his fourth pick. He's not going to win Rookie of the Year, but he's going to get votes. And we're obviously doing points for votes in that. It's not just picking who wins the Rookie of the Year. And so I went back and I watched some more Mark Vientos. I pulled up some film of his time. I, I went and checked with a couple of the websites, reached, talked to a couple of the uh, the prospect writer friends that I've got, and just asked, like, hey, have I have I been wrong on Mark? Have I been too harsh on Mark Vientos? And the, pretty much the consensus is yes. His power, I think, is better than I gave him credit for. Um, he had so he had the highest OPS and the most home runs in the entire Mets farm system. And he's the this is the set that was weird to me. The seventh player since 2006 to have 20 home runs and OPS over 920 before he turned 22 in double A. So, and that group, if you look at the group of players in this, Colby Rasmus, Javi Baez, Giancarlo Stanton, Mike Moustakis, Evan Longoria, Oscar Tavores. So good group of players. And, and so... I think between now that we know the universal DH is going to be a thing between the DH, uh, the third base spot, and the first base spot, you can make it work. And and I knew Brett Beatty was the best defensive infielder already, but he's better defensively in left field than I realized that he was. And so I think that there's a good there's a good thing here. He's I don't think I don't still don't think he's going to break camp with New York, uh, and that's just something because uh, he's a good fastball hitter, especially high fastballs but he needs to learn to recognize spin and not chase. And that's something that he'll admit. I, I, I found an interview with him and he talked about that, about that too. He re, he acknowledges he's a fastball hitter. He needs to learn to not chase pitches that leave the zone. It reminds me a lot, the comparison and the comp. And again, I don't do a ton of comparisons, but uh, as far as his offensive approach, it reminds me a lot of Austin Riley, how they would just start attacking him, getting him to chase sliders away. Uh, but the comp that I keep seeing whenever I look up more content on Mark Vientos and talking to people is I get a lot of Manny Machado in the comps. And so I'm going to kind of eat some crow here. I do think that Mark Vientos is, uh, you know, having seen a lot of this, especially some of these guys in New York struggle, I do think he's going to have a chance to contribute to the big league level in 2022. I definitely think that there's a place for him between like now that you have the DH spot as well as you can, he can play third, he can play first. They've tried him in left field. I don't think he should be there. Brett Mady's probably a better option for left field than he is. Uh, but you've got places you can put him. If you need if you need a spark, I think he's going to give you that. He can. I mean, he he can hit tanks. He's got great raw power. He's getting better at translating that into games. And so that's something where you're definitely going to see him. Um, be able to make an impact if he gets called up. And I think that they're probably going to get to the point where they're going to have to, whether it's uh, injuries or ineffectiveness, it's the Mets, anything can happen. Uh, I think they're going to end up having to bring him up. Uh, and I do think he's going to hit pretty well initially. I don't know what's going to happen once the book's out on him and he's been scouted a little more. Uh, again, I think of the parallels to Austin Riley, not saying he's the next Austin Riley, but thinking a lot about the parallels to Austin Riley, you have a thicker bodied, especially in that lower body third baseman who has huge power, but is prone to chase. So the, the the question whether or not he stays up or not is going to be how does he adjust to MLB once they start learning how to attack him? 
Uh, but I think that's going to be really interesting. And then if you have a question for a mailbag, again, you can reach out to me. I'm, I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Follow the show uh, on Twitter at Locked on Farm. Send us your questions. We do this every other Monday. Uh, but kind of preview some of what we've got going on the rest of the week. We're previewing the Big Ten tomorrow on Tuesday's College Baseball Show. I've got a deep dive about one specific pitcher with our friends from Locked on Padres, uh, as well as a crossover, and we're talking National League Central this week on Farm Friday. So in the meantime, if you're watching on YouTube, thank you. We appreciate you being here. Please do us a favor, like and subscribe. It helps the show a ton. If you're listening to, to the pod, leave a review. Let folks know what you like and don't like. Stick around the rest of the week. We're excited to have you on Locked on MLB Prospects.